This is episode 33 with Katherine Ziegler. Today's episode is all about bridging the physical with the metaphysical. I'm talking to a fitness expert who also happens to be an expert in energetics on how to activate and balance each chakra through physical movement, through workout. So this is super fascinating, very grounded, practical advice. So a little bit about my guest, Catherine Ziegler created the KLZ method out of her own firsthand experiences of how to best to connect to source energy. She creates a personalized prescription of modalities from HIIT and boxing workouts, yoga, kundalini kriyas, reiki, sound therapy, writing and ritual to create a conduit for reconnecting us to our own innate magic. Intuitively guiding her clients through intense personal transformation, Catherine believes that every challenge is an opportunity to grow closer to our own true nature and life's purpose. It's her passion to combine adventure, travel, and nature as an exercise in reconstructing new mindset practices, taking what we learn from these experiences back to our life and watching as positive changes happen rapidly. So tune in to today's episode for, like I said, some really grounded energy, really grounded practices, and how to enhance and activate and amplify your energy and your true essence. Enjoy. Catherine, welcome to Manifest Miracles. How are you, my love? Oh my gosh, I'm so excited to be here with you today. I've been looking forward to this like all day. (laughs) I can't wait. I can't wait for us to dive in because you are just such an expert on fusing the physical and the metaphysical. And I know this is something my listeners will, and myself included, like really geek out about. So (laughs) I'm just so excited to dive in and just a little backstory on me and Catherine. Catherine and I met at Emmy Loa, which is an Institute for retreats down in Costa Rica. They hosted a master's weekend for transformational leaders all over the world. And Catherine and I were both invited and you know, those moments where you kind of lock eyes with somebody and you're like, Hmm, Oh yeah, we, we are from the same soul pod. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> it, it was that, it was that. So it was, it was, it was in the customs line. It was in yes! customs. <laughs> <laughs> love in the customs line. <laughs> the most random places you never know. <laughs> you never know where soul connections will strike, but the customs yes. line may be one. So exactly. <laughs> um, Catherine, I love to start every episode off asking the same question. So we'd love to know what's one of the coolest things that you have ever managed Manifested. I have to say my two children, and I know that that might sound kind of cliche or something, but I was nowhere in the realm of having a family or being ready to start a family. And I just really set my intentions toward it. And here we are five years later, one, my daughter is going to start kindergarten in a week. And my little boy is three years old. And and it's just my best. I don't know. My mom always told me this too. You guys are the best thing I ever made. It's like the best thing I've ever done is those two little angels. And I'm just so grateful to have them have chosen me to be their mother. And I feel like that in that motherly role, sometimes we feel like we are, we are responsible for them, but I feel like that they came to me to be responsible for me as well. You know what I mean? So Mm -hmm. it's just, it's Mm -hmm. so beautiful when when children come into the world and you just feel that soul connection. Yeah. Because you came from a very 
masculine dominated world, like trading, like on the stock floor, right? Like trading and tell us, okay, tell us about that. Oh my gosh. It was such a crazy time. And I was, it's really funny because I was teaching yoga. I did my Anna Forest teacher training in my twenties. And so I was teaching 15 classes of yoga a week. And I, I said to one of my yoga students, I need to do like some actual, like I need to do some worldly work. I'm doing so much yoga. I'm going to levitate off the planet. I need maybe like a paper cut. I need to move papers or staple papers or type something. (laughs) He worked on the trading floor. And so he said, oh, I know exactly what you mean. Why don't you come down here and clerk for me? And so I clerked for him and I just kind of worked my way up. I just absolutely loved it. It was the exact opposite of what I had been doing, but it was just so merit-based and eat what you kill. And I just felt like it really kind of connected with, with a part of me that I had kind of had to let go of for a while. I kind of burnt myself out on that energy a little bit in high school and stuff. And I got to kind of reconnect with it and I took it the whole way. I mean, I earned my own badge. I was, you know, there were two other women on the trading floor, you know, 200 people that were in our, our options pit. And it was yelling and screaming and, you know, people fighting each other and and the whole thing. So it was really an intense time, but I absolutely loved it. Mm, Wow. Yeah. And because like, when I hear you talk about that, my body is like, ah, you know, but, but I very much, you know, I exist a lot in my feminine energy and the yin energy. And I know sometimes I really, really need to call in that the yang energy and the masculine energy to bring balance into my life. So let's talk about the, the physical and how you were brought to, to, you know, being a trainer and, and helping people with their physical bodies. And then I want us to go into like really bridging the physical and the metaphysical. For sure. Yeah. I mean, and I think that you have called in the masculine. I think that I've called in the feminine too. I think we called each other in and here we are, Uh you know, because I definitely (laughs) feel that from you. Meg, that you are just that feminine embodiment that I'm just, I've been really getting back to from after leaving the trading floor, but like, I'm ready to go that next level. So I feel like you and I connected on that, you know, bringing in that energy in a different kind of way. So I love it. The physical side of things, I was always in, you know, athletics. I, I ran cross country and track in high school and, you know, I just always was doing that kind of things. I look back on it now and I say, you know, this is 25 years. KLZ method is 25 years of my own personal experiences, but I've used the modalities that I've used and, and you really kind of create, I mean, people that work out and know these things, you know, you create these different relationships with the workouts that you do or the fitness that you do. But as I started to kind of study it more in these last few years, I realized that each of them kind of contained a different energy that was emulated by the life that I was currently living. So when I was in high school and I was running a lot, that was sort of my coping mechanism for my mom and dad getting divorced and just all of that kind of like household trauma happening. It was just go out and ground it out of me. So for me, running has a very grounding you know, energy to it because you're so focused on your legs. It also has some wind energy because you're running and the wind is just blowing off of you. So it really connects a lot to the elements. When I was working on the trading floor, I was boxing a lot. I just kind of had to up it a little bit. You know, my my yoga practice was not going to be suitable to getting the tough skin mm-hmm. that I needed. And so mm-hmm. I started a boxing practice and I call it a practice, you know, because it really was, it's a lot of, you know, one twos and, and all that kind of stuff, like moving energy away from your heart, sort of clearing that energy. Like when I'm doing that one, two punch, I imagine that energy from my heart chakra clearing. 
Cause there's no time for feelings down on the floor. You know what I mean? It's just like, you've got to move that energy out. So it's just kind of always been my background. It was high intensity interval training. Once I had my daughter and I had 30 minutes to work out and I couldn't be at the gym for an hour or two a day. And that is actually when I got my NASM training certification was after she was born. And that's actually when I left the trading floor too. I just kind of told myself that, you know, we all have these kind of stories that we think mothers should be or something. And I bought in hard to my story and told myself that the trading floor wasn't an appropriate place to be a mom. I don't agree with that anymore, but it's just the stories that you see played out from your own mom and, you know, the people around you at that time. And so I left the trading floor and started personal training. I went through a huge adrenaline, you know, detox. I swear it was just such a shock to my whole system to not have that coursing through my veins anymore. And it really did a, a number on me, but, but that's kind of where, you know, that's kind of where the personal training started to happen. And it was funny because, you know, as I was building KLZ method, I'm like, okay, I'm ready to do something with this. What is it? What is it? And I, I asked my guides, what is it? What is it? What is it? What is it? And they kept showing me personal training. And I was like, it's not personal training. It's like retreats or it's like, you know, building little gift boxes or it's something more spiritual than personal training. And just personal training contacts kept popping up and personal training opportunities kept popping up. And I fought with my guides for probably a year telling them I'm not just a personal trainer, you know, and they just kept telling it to me, you know, they kept showing it to me until I finally was just like, all right, fine, fine. I'll do it. You guys will see. You'll see. Yeah. (laughs) I get all lippy and I'm like, "I'll, I'll do it. I'll just do it. And, and it wasn't the personal training that was the totality of it, but it was like the avenue that I needed to go to kind of create this whole thing. Does that make sense? Yeah, totally. And and I love when you were talking about using the phases of your life to guide you in the workouts that you choose, because this is a lot of what you do today. You, I mean, you, you say, you know, while manifesting physical changes is an empowering first step in up-leveling our energy, we don't stop there. The body is just the byproduct of what we're constructing. So I love that. So let's, let's talk about that. Let's talk about how physical movement is actually energetic movement and how we can use physical movement to to heal and to become more expansive. So physical movement, isn't just like toning our bodies and building muscle. It's actually a a medium, a modality for our expansion on an energetic level. So I love what you do as far as talking about each chakra and workouts movement that we can do to really nourish and balance and activate and heal those chakras. So let's, let's, let's start with the root. And if you can tell us a little bit about, you know, that, the each chakra and if it's, you know, asking for help, what that might look like, and then how we can really nourish that chakra through certain movements. Does that sound good? Yeah. 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 I think that you will probably have things to add. So let's go one at a time. The root chakra, I'm sure, you know, we all know the root chakra is about grounding. It's about our tribal instincts and our, our, our nature of fear of fear and, and making sure fight or flight is, you know, all these adrenaline tendencies are covered. And so what I think happens there is, is that we need to ground into the earth. And so I use a lot of the legs a lot for the root chakra work that I do. I do a lot of squats, lunges, like I said, running, anything, walking, hiking. And it's not just the physical movement of a hike. It's also as you're hiking, looking at the ground and just seeing the ground, 
and connecting to that way. And I include sort of play therapy things that you can do as well. So like for root chakra work, get on the ground and roll around on the earth with your kids. You know what I mean? Just like get down and plant something, plant a, plant a vegetable or something on a moon or pull weeds on a waning moon. I love raking. I'm like, <laughs> people don't believe me. I'm like, I got to go do some raking. It's my spiritual. <laughs> like not, not, not Reiki. I, I love Reiki as well, but like raking, like I just go out and it just, cause you see the ground and it literally like, you can feel, you can feel like how that rake would feel across your, you know, letting go of the things that you're ready to let go of and stuff like that. So it's just so beautiful. I use the grounding for when I start to feel, oh, and I, this happens a lot to me. I start to feel that upsweep of so many ideas and all of the fun stuff that happens, you know, when we get into the higher dimensions and stuff and we're like, Ooh, Ooh, look at this, look at that. This is so fun. And we can kind of get swept away. So I will sometimes go out and do a hike while I'm having one of those big downloads just to really anchor it in, just to really give it that, that like, you know, substance, that meat and potatoes kind of to draw it down. Mm-hmm. I love that. Yeah. And the the root chakra is also, you know, whenever we're feeling triggered around our needs, not being met, including finances, mm-hmm. this is, this is a root chakra imbalance. So if you're listening to this and you're, you're having anxiety over debt or spending or, you know, something around your, your needs not being met, then, then go do these exercises that Catherine has suggested. And that can help to really ground you in and to bring some balance back into that root so that you feel taken care of, supported, you know, with this consistent nature. Yeah. Okay. So beautiful. I love that. All right. Let's, let's go up to the sacral center, which is the, which is just below the navel. Right. Right. And to go into it just a little bit further as well, it's not just doing the exercises for sacrum. We're looking more, you know, we're, we're at the sacrum obviously. And I love to do lateral lunges. So, you know, bringing one foot out to the side and kind of bending that, that right leg that you're into and letting that left leg be straight and really sinking into that right side and then kind of popping back up and going over to the left side and doing the same and just feeling that pelvis tilt back and forth. And I love to uh, visualize, you know, the left side being my, my ancestors on my mother's side, the right side being the ancestors on my father's side and sort of paying homage to them as I tip back and forth. Oh, yeah. I love that. It's so oh, that's fun. powerful. Yeah. And then getting into some balances, you know, like, like popping up on the left leg and then holding a balance there, even doing some curls with the arms, you know, if you hold a weight or don't hold a weight, letting that grounding energy pull down from the sacrum that you're really activating. And just really feeling it. I mean, one of the most important things I think about this whole technique or this whole method is really starting to bring your 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 mind and your body back to your energy to connect back in. So, you know, we are a physical body, but our physical body is more like our vehicle. And I think so many times we get so attached to our physical body being us. And it it's it's a part of us, it's an important part of us you know, all, all spiritual beings crave that human existence, but we are fortunate enough to be in this human vehicle that allows us to feel these things. So we really need to feel it. We really need Mm -hmm. to feel the, the right, you know, the right side as we're getting into that sacrum energy or feel the energy, like you said, below us, supporting us, grounding it, doing it with our, our socks and shoes off and just really letting our, ourselves feel that whole process. 
it's so amazing. I think it's so like, ah, that's so cool. Yeah. And I, you know, just to add to that, like I really tune into the energy when I'm working with the sacral center, that it is, it is the energy of creation. It is the energy of the divine feminine, which is mm-hmm. creation. We, you know, it's, it's where it's the, for women, you know, it's the womb center. It, it's where we create from and not only creating life, but creating, you know, creating our life, co-creating it's, 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 you know, the center of that creative flow. And so, you know, deep diaphragmatic breathing down into this space, even like a goddess squat and really honoring that, like no matter, you know, what gender you identify with, we all have the energy of the divine feminine within all of us. And so, yeah, really, and, and also something I like to do for the sacral center are Sufi grinds, which I teach a lot in my classes where you sit where you're sitting and a cross-legged position and, and you're just rotating the body, inhaling as you move the body forward, exhaling as you round back. And you can really feel the energy kind of, you know, stirring up and, and dissipating in that, in that center too. But I love the idea of like honoring the ancestors with those side lunges. That's rad. I really yeah, like that. Are yeah. there any other exercises that you, that you would recommend for the sacral center? For sure. I mean, I think we know in the, in the yoga poses, you know, yoga is so good about telling us which chakra that we're doing things for. And I'm so glad that you said the goddess pose, because I was going to say that one as well. Goddess pose is a, is a deeper kind of version or that horse stance we call it in yoga or like a plie where you can really anchor down into your feet, connect to the ground and, and really connect through your legs into that root chakra. And then really push through the ground, through the legs and come through this, you know, horse stance or this plie stance, and then really get into it more with like lifting the right heel off the ground and then the left heel off the ground or both heels off the ground or holding the arms in front of your heart, like dropping the arms down straight in front of you and then raising the arms up over your heart in a deltoid raise with a weight or no weight. So it's really beautiful how these things come across. And it's, it's almost interesting to see what your body is craving and then read it like you're reading tarot cards, read what your body is telling you. So it's like, what feels good? Okay, this feels good in my legs, or this feels good in my womb space, or this feels good because I'm pulling this energy up with my hands. And even though I'm carrying a 10 pound weight, I feel that washing over and lifting up over my heart to my throat, and then coming back down. And I can feel that energy moving up and down as I do it, like I'm pumping it. So it just, it's just so fun to really kind of start to not diagnose yourself, but start to see what your, what your human is showing you. Right. And yeah, tuning in. I mean, this is the, this is embodied healing movement. And when we can let go of this idea that we have to adhere to, you know, something very rigid and structured versus just really tuning in to what our body needs with guidance, you know, like what you're doing now saying, Hey, here's some exercises. Here's some asana. Here's some breath work. You know, here's, here's your toolbox. Now you get to tune in to what your body is saying to you and go through your toolbox, which I, I mean, that that's empowering, you know, like, I, I just love that. Okay. Let's go up to solar plexus now, unless there's anything left for the sacral that you wanted to say. 
No, that is good. I mean, I'm just trying to give a couple examples to kind of yeah, I love um, illustrate that. And there's plenty more, but I'm just going to, I'm not going to go through all of them because it will be, <laughs> be here for too long. <laughs> it's a five hour podcast. Right, exactly. <laughs> um, Catherine's masterclass with Meg. Um, but yeah, the solar plexus chakra is all about that heat, that Agni, and we're creating that heat there. So it's your ego. It's all about your self-confidence. And your core, you know, literally, I just love doing ab work for this part, just any kind of ab work. I love the frog poses. I love alternate ab work, bicycles, just any kind of ab work where you can connect in. My personal favorite for core work is Uriana Banda. When you're in that horse stance that we just talked about, and you exhale all the air out with your breath held out, you pull your stomach back and you hold the stomach back. And then you release it and then you pull it back and then you release it and then you pull it back with the breath still held. It's just such a cool opportunity to go in and carve out any cords. So because this is our power center, any power that we're giving out that we actually don't want to give out or anyone that's pulling our power from us attaches into our core. So I love doing that Uriana Banda or doing general core work, but connecting in as you're squeezing the abs back to almost like a pumpkin when you carve a pumpkin out and you like, you know, you take that spoon or whatever and you edge along the inside of it and you just let go of all those pumpkin seeds and all that stuff in there. I love visualizing cutting out any cords that are accidentally plugged in that got left behind and just clearing out your whole solar plexus space and then letting that burn. I mean, and it gets burning. <laughs> like everyone knows. Oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah. I wonder how many people are doing this right now as they're listening, because I know I'm like visualizing it. I'm like, I can't wait to do this when we, when we finish this recording. <laughs> yeah. I have a couple of videos on it. Cause it just really puts it into perspective when you're, when you're holding that. And like, I want you to see it. I want you to feel like your, your core is that pumpkin and you're just letting go of all of it because that's one of the biggest things I think that happens with people anymore. We get so plugged into power centers, you know, if it's the media or if it's an ex-boyfriend or a sibling or whatever. And we just, we need to reclaim our power now more than ever. Like, it's just so important to hold ourselves in our highest empowerment. Mm, I love that. Yeah. So solar plexus, all about our willpower, our capacity to carry out our life force, living as the maximum expression of ourselves and yeah, vitality, confidence. So I love this. I love, love, love that. Hey loves, just popping into the middle of this episode to talk about body acceptance. So I really struggled with body image issues for most of my life and I cannot tell you how much my life has changed since learning how to accept and embrace my body exactly as is. The Body Positivity Journal by yours truly, Megan Sylvester, is available on Amazon and where all books are sold. This is a journal to boost self-love and acceptance through inspirational prompts and practices. So if you are ready to kickstart your body acceptance journey today, check the link in the show notes, click it, and get the Body Positivity Journal today. Okay, let's travel up to the heart chakra now. Yes. So the heart chakra, we talked a little bit about with deltoid raises. So with your hands in front of you, um, I like to hold on to, you can do a kettlebell or you can just take one five pound weight or you can hold nothing. And your hands are just going to raise up almost to your throat and then come back down. And you'll feel that in your deltoids or the top of your arm, like your shoulders. And so I love doing those just because you're moving energy. Like I said earlier, pumping it up and down. 
And you can visualize the heart energy. Is it going, do I need more heart energy lower? Do I need to pull energy up for my heart? Does it need to ground? Does it, do I need to pull up from the ground? You can kind of mess around with that a little bit. But I think my most favorite for the heart chakra are push-ups and rows. Push-ups with your hands on the ground and literally pushing against the earth, pushing away what your heart no longer wants, pushing against the resistance of gravity and feeling your hands connect to the ground. So it's almost like a grounding kind of exercise because you are connected to the earth and you're pushing that away. And I like to visualize, you know, you get pretty hot in those, your arms get pretty smoked. And then imagining that where you feel that heat is what is releasing from your heart and moving down your arms. Recently, I've been doing Hast Kriya, which is a lot of like arms up, arms down. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I literally I feel, yeah, I literally feel in my arms, like around my tricep, I literally feel, and it just hit me the other day, that I feel like it's a blockage from my heart chakra that's moving out through my arms to ground or to reach higher. And so I kind of, you know, in these things, you're never really sure. You're never going to actually do like, you know, a CT scan or something. Then they tell you, <laughs> right, yep, you got heart right. chakra energy in your <laughs> arms. But, you know, that's the fun of it is you get kind of interested in it and you kind of follow these little things to, to see and feel into more. So push-ups to push away energy or to ground energy and then rows. So if you're standing in like a warrior one pose, but you reach your right hand over and then you're rowing your shoulders back. Or if you're in a squat and you're kind of bent a little bit and you're rowing both arms back, like you're rowing a boat, but you can kind of bend over a little bit. And that really gets into the back of the heart chakra, Meg, that you and I have had discussions about how the front of the heart and the back of the heart. I would love it if you wanted to talk about that because I'm fascinated how you explain it. Yeah. So, you know, a, a lot of people experience this pain behind their left shoulder blade. And oftentimes when I'm working with clients and we're doing energy healing, you know, and I'll ask them to tune into the body. A lot of people go to the shoulder blade. Sometimes it's behind the right. A lot of times it's behind the left. And so I ask, you know, to visualize, okay, imagine a little keyhole and you're peering through that little spot, you know, and, and you're peering through and what's right ahead of it. Well, it's, it's the heart, you know, if you were to bring an arrow from that source of, you know, sensation forward, you'd reach the heart. And this is also, you know, it's appropriate for behind the right shoulder blade as well, because the heart center is, is the center of our chest, whereas the heart, the physical organ, you know, is a little bit to the left, but yeah. And so when we're experiencing that pain, you know, just along the edge of the shoulder blade, it can be our heart, you know, asking for some love and attention and affection and, you know, just the believing in our ability to receive. And and oftentimes this can be indicative of the fact that we have put up armor you know, we've got armor and we, the armor is weighing us down and it's causing this pain. And we have armor around receiving, we have armor around believing in our worth. So if you are somebody who experiences that sensation, then just tune into it. And, you know, what I like to do is to cultivate a relationship with that sensation, to close your eyes and to go towards it and to say, I see you, I honor you, I feel you. What is it that you would like to tell me? And, and to really, you know, like I said, cultivate that, that relationship so that that pain, that fear, that energy feels safe to come out and say, this is, you know, this is who I am. This is what's going on. And you can do that simply through embodiment. You don't even need to pull out the journal. You can just tune into those feelings and feel and 
and not even need to put words around it, but just an understanding and a deep knowing and a lot of healing can, can come out of that. So our bodies are just so damn wise. There's mm-hmm. so many messages that our bodies mm-hmm. hold for us, but we just go around like, Oh, let me take a Tylenol. Let mm-hmm. me, let me just ignore this, you know, <laughs> or like take some alternative measures to make it go away instead of listening. <laughs> and yeah, another thing with the heart that, that I love, and this isn't necessarily an exercise, but our, our hands, our palms are an extension of the heart chakra. And so when you think about clapping, we're, we're like sending love We're we're bringing the palms of our hands together, which represent the, the masculine and the feminine, but connected to the heart. So we're bringing this like embodied loving energy and sending it to whomever it is that we're clapping for. So if you just spend like two or three minutes, just clapping very vigorously, you know, and like clapping for yourself, you'll really feel that in the heart and it's really fun and like kids love it too. So I love it. That's so cool. I love it. I mean, I love how you explain that. And the front of the heart is how you give love or how you express love and the back of your heart is how you receive love. So there's just so many cool things. And like you said, we want to just feel good. And we almost are afraid of feeling bad. Sometimes I know I've gone through these segments in my life. And even now I catch myself just like, it's okay to feel bad for a second. But it's like our our emotions, you know, our emotions are how our spirit communicates to us and our body, you know, I mean, our body is trying to communicate to us as well. So if we're just shutting down all of those opportunities to understand more, we're really cutting ourselves off from our spirit. Mm-hmm. Okay. Let's travel up to the throat now. I know this is uh, a very exciting center for you. So mm-hmm. is there, is there an actual physical workout that we can do for the throat? Yeah, not really something. There's not, I mean, you can do neck stretches and that kind of stuff. One of my favorite things I love to do, you know, with workouts and whatnot is work out or run or take a walk with a partner, you know, with someone just to vocally express as you're grounding or vocally express. And it might be, oh my gosh, I'm vocally expressing. I hate these abs right now. They're so (laughs) terrible, (laughs) but just to vocalize more and hopefully more of your authenticity, you know, your throat chakra is all about that self-expression and your authentic true self. And so it's, it's, it's interesting as I've gone through these things, you know, it's, it's interesting how KLZ method has developed because it really has been such a journey taking my old workouts and how I was working with like, you know, drinking a cup of coffee or a Red Bull and then turning on, you know, loud music and then going to the gym and at the, at the busiest time so that you feel all the energy and just literally like, you know, banging out these intense workouts to now, like I'm listening, it's funny, I'm listening to like slow music and sometimes even mantras. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. who am I? <laughs> listening to like Yanni while I'm working out. You know I mean? <laughs> but the throat chakra is really cool because this one has recently just dropped in where I have been feeling like I wanted to sing, but I, I don't know that I have a voice that's like for a band kind of singing, but I love mantras. I was looking for a kirtan teacher for so long and I couldn't find somebody. I picked up sound bowls because I love the sound and it just felt like it was doing something but they say the sound of your own voice is the most healing sound that you can give to yourself. Like your own voice, hearing your own voice, if it's chanting or whatever, is supposed to be so healing. And we did, Bryna Hayes and I, who we, we also met in um, Costa Rica at Imaloa, she has had a kirtan workshop that she's done for a long time and she's kind of fallen out of it for a little bit. Wasn't she on your podcast as well? She was. Yes. Yeah. 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 So she and I connected and I just asked her if she would teach me how to do mantra because I really felt like I needed to bring it out. And she and I actually hosted a Lionsgate activation for the throat two weeks ago. 
And so after Lionsgate and all of the gems that came through on Lionsgate from the, you know, just all that intense energy that comes through, it was shown to me that Kirtan will be the KLZ method modality for the throat chakra and that it was always supposed to be this way. So it was like my guys were saying, all right, fine, you've listened to us. You did the personal training thing. Now we're going to give you, you know, the berry, the cherry on top or whatever. This is what it is. This is what you thought you wanted at first, but you weren't ready. So you're ready now. Here it is. And I really feel like that that kirtan is, man, it's just gold. Singing those mantras and, and all the beauty that comes with that. Mm-hmm. And so for, for those who may be listening that aren't familiar with kirtan, can you just explain what that is just briefly? Absolutely. It's, a, it's chanting ancient mantras. And oftentimes these mantras are, the, the sound mantra is more, you know, we have, we can say mantras in our own language, which are beneficial, you know, I am important, or I am strong, and those kind of things are lovely. But the language, the Sanskrit that these are written in is just so powerful. And it's part of the bhakti yoga, that's all about devotion. And so chanting the names of God, repeatedly, as you're chanting this in a call and response fashion. So if Meg is singing, you know, some the with you know um or you know you know there's other mantras as well that you can sing she's singing it i'm singing it back as you're doing this call and response it starts to you start to kind of like almost not hear or not be so physically connected to what you're saying you transcend you, you really do yeah and so it's just such a beautiful opportunity to express and open up that throat chakra well, and something so fascinating about mantra. So many of these mantras, you know, were channeled and recorded back, you know, they're very, very ancient. And when we move our tongue, so we have these meridians, you know, the same system that acupuncture works off of meridians and energy channels in our mouth and in our teeth. And when we chant these mantras, our mouth, our tongue moves in specific ways that then stimulates and activates particular meridians, which then stimulate and activate our brain and our glands in certain ways. And so that's why particular mantras are said to have particular effects because the way we're moving our mouth and our tongue against our palate and against our teeth, it's activating these, it's stimulating different responses, which is just so fascinating to me. It's (laughs) It's activating different parts of your brain and as well as the mudras. So, and that's such a big part of um, Kundalini yoga. My teacher Guru Singh was talking about the mudras and mudras being the way that you're holding your hand. So different mudras, touching your thumb to your um, pinky and then to your ring and then to your middle finger and then to your index finger and doing that on repeat is kirtan kriya. And so Guru Singh was just saying how he and his wife were both, they did an, I think a CAT scan while they were doing Kirtan Kriya and they just kind of continued to do it. And they would say, okay, now press harder on your pinky was as you, you know, press harder, press, put more pressure as you go through this. Okay, now do less pressure. And it's interesting. He said that as he was doing more pressure, it was showing an intensified, you know, scan on the brain. It's just so fascinating. All the things that we know, but all the things we don't know, you know what I mean? I know it's so fascinating. And Kirtan Kriya, in fact, there's so many studies in scientific journals to have um, that Kirtan Kriya reduces Alzheimer's symptoms. So it's just so good for the brain. So anyway, yeah. So chanting um, is so activating and so healing for the throat chakra that it, it truly is an energetic workout because we're moving energy through. And you know, as well as I do that when we do a lot of energetic movement, a lot of energetic work, we feel just as 
tired or invigorated as we would after a run or a workout, you know? So I love that. Now, are there any workouts, any exercises that we can do for the third eye and the crown? So for the third eye and crown, it's obviously not workouts, but there are different things that we still do with um, KLZ method for the third eye. I love the candle gazing where you you gaze at a candle for three minutes and then you close your eyes, blow out the candle so you don't set the house on fire, blow out the candle and put it down and then, and then keep your eyes closed. And that's really activating the third eye. Physically speaking, I love, love, love to just put my forehead on the ground and just rub my head side to side. It feels like my whole cranium, my whole skull is like depressurized and then rolling up the top of my head and back down. I really love that. So the third eye is all about your intuition. And and as you're doing these workouts, you know, you're, you're building your intuition with each of them. I mean, we have to go back to Meg, cause you and I've talked about this, your throat chakra, actually, it is actually connected to each of the lower four chakras. So your, your root chakra, your sacral chakra, your solar plexus, and your heart are all expressed through the throat. So it's like, they're all coming through that. And I feel like that that's the same sort of with your um, intuition center that as you're doing these workouts, you're, you're connecting into all the things that you were just doing. So the whole workout can essentially be a third eye mm-hmm, practice. I feel mm-hmm, like. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Especially when you're tuning into, okay, what is my body asking for? Right. Let me listen that mm-hmm. that's working with the intuition. Beautiful. And how about the crown? The crown is obviously um, headstands or just taking that same forehead, you know, to the floor and rolling up to the top of the head. So just kind of connecting in that way. And it's, of course, you know, the, the, the seventh chakra, the crown chakra is all about being in that oneness, that state of oneness where you're just so expanded and you're connected to everything. And so I feel like, again, through the workouts, you know, if you're doing these things, if you're doing them outside, or if you do them and then you go outside for me personally, that is where I'm just like blown away when I, when you get all the other things lined up because your chakras are interesting. If, if your heart chakra is going too fast, then your solar plexus and your throat might be slowed down. And who knows which is first, the chicken or the egg, if your heart chakra is going too fast because the other two are going slow. But once you get all the lower chakras all kind of spinning at the same motion, at the same speed, you know, once you get that going and you're lined up, man, it just, it's like your lid just pops off and you're just like so ready for, you know, whatever it might be that your guides are sharing with you that you're authentically meant to do. And, and, you know, you're ready to go out and like, meet your, meet your, your whole reason for being here. Mm, I love this. This is so fascinating. And <laughs> okay. Question for you. So one of my favorite asanas, one of my favorite poses are either candlestick or plow pose. I, I can do those just all day. It feels so good to me. So would this be like for the crown, since we're getting our circulation moving up to the head, would you think that that would support the crown or third eye? Yeah. Anytime you have your head below your heart is when you're stimulating, you know, the, the upper chakras and whatnot. And yeah, I definitely love that plow pose. It's just so amazing. And it's also, you know, it really works your, your core. It really works all of your, you know, all of the muscles and stuff. It's like a very upside down standing pose. Activating yeah. Everything. It, it totally boosts my creativity. I, I, so, you know, when I'm, when I'm committed and focused, I do plow or candlestick for five minutes in the morning. And then of course, you know, I fall out of it, yeah. but <laughs> I, I definitely notice like a boost in my creativity and, and just kind of being able to download information, which is yeah. the crown. So just wanted to throw that one in there. Amazing. Well, this has been just so informative and so helpful. And 
I want you to, to, you have two retreats coming up and for anybody who's just like feeling this call to go deeper in their spiritual practice through the gateway of the body, Catherine is your girl. So tell us about your retreats. <laughs> yes. So we have the, the hike that we're doing in Colorado. So we've been this KLZ method summer workout that we've been doing has been focused on, you know, everything has been inclines and declines. We're going up a slope or down a slope on the mountain or on the, you know, whatever hill or stairs or whatever we can find. And we're training to hike a mountain and it's, you know, physical training, but we're also doing a lot of things to prepare ourselves to go to the top of this mountain. And we're working on a manifesto. So really working throughout the six weeks to find out what it is that we want to go to the top of the mountain and say, taking mm, it up there with us cool. and be like, this is who I am. This is what I've got to say. This is my life's work. This is what I have to proclaim. I I am going to do this. I'm not going to do this. You know, just really letting it out there. Um, so powerful. I love yes, it. I'm excited. So that is in a couple of weeks. We've been training for that. And then we have um, Costa Rica that will be in January of 2023 at Inaloa, where you and I met. And there'll be some other ones in between there. I'm kind of toying with like the rim to rim of the Grand Canyon, hiking from rim to rim there, or maybe like a bike through Sonoma and just taking all these little things and making it into like a fun little fascinating workout where it it challenges the physical body, but gets us into the other elements as well. Amazing. Well, I'm so (laughs) glad that you listen to your spirit guides and yeah, yeah, I mean, I just, I just love people who are doing a really amazing job on fusing, you know, physical with metaphysical science and spirituality, because sometimes this stuff can just get so up in the clouds that it becomes inaccessible. It's not relatable, but when you create this bridge, you know, from, from the earth to the heavens, this is, this is the the medicine, you know, this is when it's, it truly works. So I'm grateful for your work. And like, I'm excited to just go back and listen to this podcast and do all the exercises. Yes. <laughs> yes. Well, yes. And I want to say too, for anyone listening to this, if you, you know, take away from this, I would love it. If you, you know, even if it's, if it just seems a little overwhelming or, or wherever you might be with it, start to like what you said about plow pose. I love Meg, because you have basically prescribed yourself. You've made yourself like a new apothecary of tools that you know what to use for which symptom, you know what I mean? You need to draw in creativity. So a takeaway for everyone in the audience would be just to start listening to the little things like that, that, you know, what can you do in your daily life that you're already doing? Maybe it's cooking even, you know, maybe what are the things and how do they make you feel? And when might you need that medicine in a part day or your life or whatever? Because it's just kind of cool. And that's how you really connect into your spirit on a deeper level without having to be like this whole you know, huge spiritual kind of practice and like going to Nepal or wherever, <laughs> you know, and right, doing all the, right. doing all the big things. Yeah. And it can, it can be as easy as taking, you know, five minutes, 10 minutes, and right. it doesn't have to be, I mean, I know it's so awesome when we get that full hour, 90 minutes to ourselves, but I also know that that's not always realistic, but any, just any amount of showing up for yourself, any amount of time is, is wonderful. So Yeah. Amazing. Okay. Catherine, one final question for you. What does the word miracle mean to you? Ooh, I love it. And she didn't tell me these questions ahead of time. So I'm like totally having to just draw this out of the clear blue air. The word miracle, I have to say, when you've said that initially, I just, I feel like what was coming through was possibility. 
miracles to me used to just always seem like some far-fetched thing that, you know, was like, oh, it would be a miracle. But anymore, miracles just happen so frequently. They're just so fun. And I guess more, less of like, you need an angel with a harp strumming to have them happen. And and more of just kind of like the day-to-day miracles that you see around you and stuff like that. Just all the, the little, the little things that we get to do every day. So I don't know if I'm saying that. Well. <laughs> you did. I love it. I love, I love the imagery of, we don't need an angel with the harp. Yeah. It's, it can be in our house. The yeah, miracles are right. in our house, miracles in our yard. Be, right. Miracles might be if your kid doesn't knock over the glass of water that's sitting on the table. Hallelujah. <laughs> yes, it is. That is it might be miracle. an angel with the harp. Yeah. <laughs> right. right. I know. I always say the fact that I wear mostly white and I'm not covered in stains at the end of the day. Like, it's a miracle. That is a miracle. <laughs> I, when people ask me how I do it, I'm like, I don't know. It's it's a miracle. <laughs> You're doing so, your yeah. algorithm. You're doing your protection right. mantras. <laughs> right. I'm protecting my white linen. Yes. Um, amazing, Catherine. Well, you are just a wealth of Such wisdom and energy. And I'm really and... grateful for your time and all of this wisdom. And I really encourage you guys to check out Catherine and her KLZ method just, just so much good work, so much good work in the world, really helping people to access a deeper parts of themselves through the physical body. So thank you again. I would love to connect with anyone that has any questions or just kind of wants more information and whatnot. And I'm just so grateful to you, Meg. I mean, I just love what you're doing with your Lotus Collective and how everything is coming together so beautifully in this podcast and all the work that you're doing here. So thank you so much for everything that you're doing for us. Yes. (laughs) Just love you. you. I I receive, I receive that. Thank you, sister. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Bye everybody. Thanks for listening. That's a wrap. I hope you guys enjoyed today's episode of Manifest Miracles. Before you go, I've got some exciting news to share with you. In August, I will be launching your sacred space to activate and amplify your highest, truest self with Kundalini Yoga. The Lotus Collective is a monthly membership consisting of high vibe and soul nurturing weekly Kundalini and yoga meditation classes taught by me. These 30 to 45 minute classes will take you on a journey, traveling through the depths of your consciousness, reaching down to that sacred divine feminine power within you. You'll leave each class with a clearer understanding of who you are and what you're meant to do in this life. Or at the very least, you'll feel a little better in your mind and body. So like I said, this is an online community. It's an online membership with classes that will be recorded so you can come to them anytime that you have the time. You can practice once a week or you can practice these classes and Kriyas every single day. The membership will open in August, and for those who get on the wait list, you'll get access to the founder's rate of only $12 a month or $99 a month for the entire year. So if this sounds like something that you've been calling into your life, check out the link below and the show notes for Lotus Collective Waitlist and get on it. Thanks, guys. Bye.